Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Amen. Well, today the service is a little bit upside down. So if you're holding your communion elements, you should put them down. Otherwise, you're going to get a cramp in your hand because the communion is going to be at the end. <laughs> so um, praise God for that. So, but it is Communion Sunday, and um, we've been talking about the foundations of faith. Um, and this really is a, a, a faith message, but we're talking about the blood of Jesus today and what the blood really means and what the blood has done for us. And we as Christians often speak about the blood of Jesus, don't we? But, you know, we think it's normal to talk about blood. But many people, when you talk about blood, it triggers intense thoughts and emotions and things. You know, my nephew Joshua would instantly faint at the sight of blood. He just could not take the sight of blood. His own blood, anybody's blood, you know. And so we, off, we just say, oh, we talk about the blood all the time. But there's life in the blood. We know that in our natural selves there's life in the blood, amen. But as Christians, our association with, with blood takes on more than just one facet, doesn't it? Because when we think of the blood, we just don't think about our own blood that runs through our bodies, amen. You know, I think most people certainly in the Western world probably think about blood in a one-dimensional way. We have blood, we need it to live and survive. Whereas, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe, but I think in some other places, the blood has a significance. Some people are still covenant, covenant people, and blood plays a part in that. And there's been uses and misuses of blood over the centuries. But we understand that the blood has a deeper meaning because the blood connects us with a great sacrifice, okay? The blood connects us with a great sacrifice that we should reflect on every single day, amen? And we know that Jesus, Jesus our Lord and our Savior, He was fully God and fully man, yeah? Fully God and fully man. So the blood that was in His body is the same as our blood, it was, had the same biological makeup. It had to pump around his body to keep him alive. Would everyone agree with that? Okay. It bled from his body the same way as blood bleeds from our bodies. It's the same. Amen. But for all of that, we still don't take it lightly, do we? Because it was sacrificial. When he shed his blood, it was sacrificial. Amen. It wasn't an accident. He was put to the cross. It was a sacrificial thing. And so he bled his lifeblood for you and for me. Amen. That has incredible meaning. That, has, that is very special in itself. Um, and I, it's not like we, you know, we have to understand we worship God we, and he's our father and Jesus is our Savior, but the blood was part of the process that bought our redemption. 
So we're not venerating the blood. We're just saying it was, it was an important part of our freedom. Amen? So it's the shedding of his blood that is so powerful and fundamental to us as Christians. And so I want to look at this in a slightly new way this morning, maybe a way that I hadn't um, looked at it this way before, the blood. But today's a well-known day, isn't it? I think we have, we have a national here, don't we? Deja, I did see Deja somewhere here. Today is the 4th of July, and it's in Independence Day. Now, I know that we don't have a national holiday here for, for this day, um, but I thought it might be interesting to consider in a couple of days what Independence Day means. And I, I didn't really know much about Independence Day, I have to be honest. All of my history at school was um, South African history, the, 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 the Dutch settlers and the French Huguenots and Jan van Riebeck. And, and, and I just didn't get much, you know, um, uh, Shaka Zulu and Dingan and all of, you know, it was tribes and chiefs and Zulus. And, and so I didn't know much about the American independence. So, but it's essentially the breakaway from Britain. In 1776, 13 colonies decided that they'd had enough of King George III and they were going to break away from Great Britain. So that's what they did. Um, the Declaration of Independence was signed and they wanted to be free of the tyranny of Britain. You remember in those days there was still, the slave trade was flourishing um, all sorts of horrible things were happening. And one of the men that signed the Declaration of Independence was a man called Adam, Adam Jones. J sorry, Adam Jones. <laughs> John Adams. <laughs> Adam Jones. <laughs> John Adams. <laughs> Rewind, delete. John Adams. I better not say Franklin Benjamin. Yeah, John Adams. J John Adams. And he wrote to his wife about this happening, this independence uh, declaration. And part of what he said to her was, ve was very um, important. He said to her that this de in declaration of independence ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance. That's important. As commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. Did you know that? Yeah. And to this day, they celebrate Independence Day by having um, barbecues and um, fireworks and all these types of things. And I thought, hmm, okay. Um, I find it interesting to think about independence because independence is a goal that people and people groups um, across the earth have strived for for a long time. They fought and died for it, hey, fought and died for independence for centuries. And for some, it's to come out from underneath an immoral um, or an ungodly regime, okay, um, or to come out from an illegitimate authority. And for some, it's just, you know, we want to realize our own sovereignty, it's, uh, we want to go into our own destiny. So many things. Now, I'm no philosopher, okay? Definitely not a, a philosopher. But I think that independence from one thing 
leads into dependency in another. Independence from something leads to dependency in something else. And um, that could be self-dependency. It could be um, self-realization, yeah? Um, it could, uh, you know, it could be the seeking out of new relationships um, or bonds to fulfill the needs of the things that you don't have that you can't supply yourself or from within, okay? So you've got all of these sorts of things going on when it comes to independence. Now, once a year, there are probably countries all over the globe that are celebrating independence. Um, if, I, if I put a call out there, everyone would, would probably rhyme off a country that is celebrating independence. So they commemorate and celebrate independence, and they remember their leaders who at one time or another would probably have said something along the lines of, let us go. Let us go. Amen. There's usually a cry for independence. Who knows what the Scottish one is? Freedom. So, let us go. Does that phrase sound familiar? Let us go? In the Old Testament book of Exodus, God's command through Moses to Pharaoh was the same. Let my people go. Let them go. Let them go their time, their time, amen, Caleb. Their time is up. Let the, my people go, amen. And so God is saying, I have a divine destiny for my people. You have a, everyone sitting in here today has a divine destiny. Life is not just gonna happen to you. It may feel that way, but you can make a choice this morning to put your life on a track almost like a, like a railway track. And you can follow that to a destiny. And although things might come and try and derail you, if you stay on that track, you will get to your destination and it will be a good one. Amen. So he says, you've got my people. They're captives at the moment, but it's not going to be like that for much longer. Amen. And we all know the story. The command was rejected. The command was spurned by Pharaoh. And so... God, say, God says, okay, I'm going to execute judgment on you as the ruler of this country, and I'm going to bring judgment upon your, your people. Do you know how he did that? By plagues. So he brings these plagues on the people. And now we know that God's people are in the same country. So what's going to happen to God's people when all of this horrible stuff starts happening? That is what you might be asking yourself. Anyway, it was their time to go. It was their time for release. But it was only as the blood was shed and applied that release came. It was only when the blood was shed and applied. Now, the word says in Hebrews chapter 9 that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Okay? Now, this, that verse in Hebrews, although it's not directly relating to the, the exodus, it helps us understand a bit about the significance of what the blood achieves. Go, go in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. And it says there in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, 
in the New King James Version. According to the law, almost all things are purified by the blood, and without shedding of blood, there is no remission. All right? You know, it's always good to look for meaning, isn't it? And I, I guess that this is where we help one another. We have Bible studies. We look, what about meaning, remission? What, what does this word remission mean? It, it, it means release. In Greek, it means release. It's always good to look for meaning. Otherwise, you'd be like that teacher of the, those young kids not going to say where they were from, not from Ayrshire maybe, but she gives them a task and she says, okay, we're doing a, a weather project, so I want you to write a statement about the weather. I'll give you some key words and one of the key words is windy. So one of the children put, the cleaner comes today, my windies. <laughs> you know, the windy cleaner comes Timabit today the Wendy's, but it was too windy for him today, my Wendy's. You know, always looking, we always, sometimes we, we have to go into God's word and find out what words mean. We have to find out what words mean, because otherwise we use them in a different context and they lose their meaning. So he's talking about being released here. And it actually means in, in this context, in context that it's the cancellation of a penalty or a charge. It's almost like you have a death sentence and you're being released from that. Amen? Now you go, go to your Bibles. You go to Exodus. And go there in Exodus. You can see the story of the Passover. And we know that from Exodus 12, the firstborn male and, and the firstborn animal and the firstborn animal were, were going to die in every household except for those of the Israelites whose doorposts, the doorposts of their homes, were to be sprinkled with the blood of a lamb. And the lamb had to be, number one, had to be a male lamb, it had to be a young lamb, a year old, and it had to be free of any defects. Amen? And so Exodus 12 and verse 13 says there, but the blood on your doorposts will serve as a sign marking the houses where you are saying, staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. Now listen to this verse. This, is, this sounds a little bit um, like uh, uh, John Adams speaking here. This is a day to remember. Each year from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a, as a special festival to the Lord. This is a law for all time. Amen. So the Israelites had to sprinkle blood on their doorposts. And this was a sign that the angel of death would pass over that household and the firstborns would be spared so it was not only about sacrificing a lamb. What else was it about? It was about making the blood visible. It was about making the blood visible because God said, when I see the blood, I'm going to pass over you. Amen? So the blood served as a sign. Well, what kind of sign did the blood, what did it mean? The blood on the doorpost meant that judgment has already been met. Judgment's already been met in this house. It's already been met. God 
had said that judgment was coming on every house, didn't he? But the blood said, a lamb has been slain here. Isn't that powerful? God said, judgment's coming upon everyone. You will not escape it if you do not obey my command and apply the blood. But the blood spoke out. The blood spoke. A lamb has been slain here. The blood of a lamb has been applied to the doorposts here. Amen? So it was a sign that judgment had been met already. Hallelujah. That cross there, well, not that exact one, but we put, it, we put our cross here, but the cross was a sign as well. The judgment should have been ours, and the penalty that that judgment carried was carried by Jesus instead. And the, I forget the name of it now, but the Romans, we all know the, 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 that it was um, a vertical beam with a hor- and a horizontal beam much like the lintel and the sides of a door. Jesus bled. He bleeds down across that bar of that cross and down the cross as a sign that the judgment that was on our lives has been met. There's no more judgment. Amen. There's no more judgment. Because the Lamb of God, according to John 1.29, has taken away the sins of the world. And if you're sitting in this place and you're like, nah. I, I talked to someone once out in the street. We were doing an outreach and he says, I'm not coming into your church. That place would burn down if I walked into it. I'm like, help, you, you know. No, it, it won't. But don't go to the place where it burns forever. There's no one, no one, no one is, with, is out with the reach of the love of Jesus. Nobody, nobody. You've, you've, you have not gone too far away from God. You have not. So comprehend the magnitude of that sin, the sin that Jesus took away from us, the ugliness of that sin. The misery that that sin has brought into our lives and into the world and the death that eventually, it gives way to death eventually. For the wages of sin are death. And all of that has been overcome. It's been defeated. Its power has been destroyed. And it wasn't an army of heavenly hosts with 10-foot-tall angels with magnificent swords and everything that defeated that. It was a lamb. It was a lamb. Can you picture a lamb in your head? Tiny, white, pure, meek. That's all it took to defeat sin and death. It could have been the, 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 the heaven's armies, but it was a lamb. Amen. The lamb that was yielded, gentle, humble, pure, And that's where the fruits of the Spirit, remember a few weeks ago we came off of our fruits of the Spirit, we've got a couple more to go, we're going to get one on peace quite soon. We'll interject them. But that's where the fruits of our Spirit comes from, because His self-sacrifice on the cross is our example. He didn't retaliate. He didn't want revenge. 
He didn't rail back at the people that put him on the cross. He didn't resist. And I believe that today in this place, and maybe people are watching on the live stream, there may be people that need to yield to something today. In our lives, we may be carrying something that we need to yield to, or we need, there may be someone that we need to yield to. Maybe there's someone here that needs to come off of the offensive with somebody. Someone may need to go to someone and ask them for forgiveness because you've resented them because of the offense that they've caused you. And it's time that we went to them and we asked them for forgiveness because we've got resentment against them for offending us. Amen. And our pride stops us reaching out in forgiveness because we want to hold to our position and we don't want to give an inch. And it's to our own hurt and our own pain that we do that. It's easier to resent than to repent. It's easier to stay in resentment than repentance. Amen. Amen, Gail. Amen. Yeah. No one wants to give up their right to be angry. I know that sometimes. Hey, it's like I'm going to stay angry for another 24 hours just so you, I'm going to see you. Another 24, 48. Okay, now it's 36. You don't want to give up a right to be angry. And we forget that Jesus didn't have any rights. He didn't have any rights, and we just forget that because we want to hang on to our right. Amen? Maybe there are people here that you've, you've just walked in pretense for so long, pretending to be someone that you're not really. You know, you know who you should be. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about all you could be. And pretense is exhausting. It will eventually drive you to an early, an unhappy grave. And all you need is to be who you really are, and you'll come into lovely, beautiful fellowship with people who will accept you for who you are. You don't have to be something else. You just have to be who you are. And if that means that you have to bear your heart and soul to folk and say, this is, <laughs> this is who I am, but you're not going to like me. They get, then, then, then we will say, we love you. Just, we love you. Don't worry about that. The, the, the blood will take care of that. Hallelujah. Amen. It's going to take a reversal of all of our natural inclinations that want to hold on to our selfish attitudes and ambitions and desires and give them all up. But when we surrender them, the blood of the Lamb cleanses us from all unrighteousness and peace comes in. So if you have no peace this morning, maybe, just maybe, you have not let the Prince of Peace come in because you're holding on to something from the past. Amen? So the blood is a sign that death, which is the penalty for sin, has no hold on us anymore. Amen? God spared his people. And in, in Exodus 12 still, it says, Moses called, 21, it says, Moses called all the elders of Israel together. He said to them, 
Go and get the young lamb or goat, slaughter the Passover animal, drain the blood into a basin, then take a bundle of hyssop, dip it in the blood, and brush it across the top and sides of the door frames of your houses. Now listen to this. And no one may go out from underneath there until morning. That is quite significant. No one may go out from underneath the blood. If you do, it's over. Stay underneath, stay within, stay covered by the blood. For the Lord will pass through the land to strike down Egyptians, but when he sees the blood, he will pass over. Amen. Thank God that the blood of Jesus, even to this day, it's not lost its power, family. It hasn't lost its power. It's mighty enough to keep us, to preserve us, and to lead us into the fullness of God's blessing. And what I want to say today is that Independence Days might come around once a year. But today and tomorrow and the next day and every day for the rest of your life can be your Dependence Day your dependence day. Every day, wake up in the morning. I don't know what to pray for, Pastor David. Just tell God how much you depend on him for that day, and that will be a good start. Amen? Believe in and stay dependent on the finished work of the cross. Amen? As long as I'm covered by the blood, I'm redeemed. If I go out from underneath the blood, I go out of the protection of what the blood provides for. Amen. Hebrews 9.14, Christ came as the high priest of the good things to come. Hebrews 9 chapter, oh, Hebrews chapter 9 from verse 11, Christ came as the high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all of us having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, how much more will that cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? He is the mediator of the new covenant. Hallelujah. You know, this, we're talking about the title of this message, by the way, is this is, your, this is your dependence day. But we can be dependent on the arm of the flesh or we can be de- fully dependent on God every single day. And we need to stay dependent on God every day of our lives. Let's not slide into presumption thinking, do you know what, Lord, I'm going to, well, we don't even make a deal with God. We just kind of slide into this. I'll deal with the small things but you deal with the big problems. See the big emergencies and the crisis that comes. You get them, but see all the small stuff. I can manage that. Do you think it's a good way, a wise way to live life? I don't believe so. Amen. If you look at um, King Asa of Judah, he had a big problem. He had an enemy that was coming against his, his people And um, they were, the Bible calls them a a huge host, a mighty host. And they came against King Asa and his people, and God delivered them. So round one, 
Round one goes to the Lord. Round two was a more insignificant crowd, bunch of people, and Asa did not go to the Lord. Instead, he went to the king of Syria and looked for help. Can you, can you guess what happened in round two? Round two, he got it. The people were defeated. Amen. And so he had learned nothing really in that first victory. You know what I'm saying? From that first victory. So it's like, well, the big challenges, Lord, you get them and I'll get the small challenges. That's not the way we can live our lives. And we sometimes say, well, I've got all that I need. I've got all the resources. I've got all the money here. And if I pay the king of Syria, he'll come to my aid. And God's saying, what you, now you're looking at your money. You're looking at your treasure. You're looking at your strength. You're looking at your chariots. You're looking at your armor, armies. And you think, okay, great. It's enough. Why do I need to bother the Lord? And the Lord is like, no, I want you to come to me every single time. Every single time, no matter how small it is, please come to me, trust in me, depend on me, show me that you depend on me every single day. Amen. And sometimes we think, Do you know what, I've got, we've got everything we need here. Why bother the Lord? That's not a good way to go. Amen. God wants to be involved with your life in everything. Amen. Not just to deal with the emergencies. God said in his word, I will be their God and they will be my people. And that's how it's going to be. Amen. And so if there's another solution to a problem that we have, how many of us in the past, I'm putting my hand up first, how many of us have gone to that, what we have, what we are able to, to deal with ourselves instead of going to God? Definitely. Amen. There's a solution there, I'll just take that one. And when it comes to dependence on God, we have to understand that there's so many obstacles that the enemy puts in our way. And it's like the, 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 the God's people being delivered out of Israel, out of Egypt, sorry. And he says to them, listen, here's what your problem is going to be in the future. Your problem is, is not going to be, you know, just you've, you've been delivered, you've been set free. Your problem is going to be you're, you're going into my promised place. You're going into my promised land where all of this stuff is going to be made, made available to you. Make sure that the blessing, my blessing, my treasure does not take your eyes off of me. Amen? Because the word says that in Psalm 62, if riches increase, do not set your heart upon them. God is a good God, and he, is a, he blesses us. Amen, Lewis? He blesses us. But we cannot allow his blessing and his, the treasures that we have here on earth that he gives us to take our eyes off him. Amen? Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen? So it's like, do you know what? Your biggest enemy going into the future is not, the pe is not people. It's not that kind of... It's, it's stuff. It's material things. 
It's reliance upon the things of this world. That is what your enemy is. Amen. And so we need to, we need to remember to depend, fully depend on the Lord. Amen. In Jeremiah 17, it says, Cursed is the man who trusts in a man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs or turns away from the Lord. Amen. I think that the, so many of our problems arise from just one thing, not looking to God, not lifting our eyes up to Him. Anxiety, worry, fear, all of these things come because we do not daily look to God. We do not daily depend on Him. And we're, you know it's a command not to worry? Jesus says, do not worry. He didn't say, listen, can I make a suggestion to you? It might be a good idea if, you don't, if you're not anxious about this. He says, do not worry. Amen? Do not worry. One day, a hard time is going to come. A challenge is going to come. And if we've depended on God every day for the little things, he'll be there for the big things. Amen? He'll be there in, in, in the big things. Amen? I'm going to close this service just, just shortly. But I want to read this um, out of Psalm 49 from verse 5. Psalm 49 from verse 5. It says, Why should I fear in the days of evil when the iniquity at my heels surround me? Those who trust in their wealth and boast in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. The ransom was, was paid. I can't ransom any of you. None of you can't do it for me. You can't pay the price. I can't pay the price. Jesus paid the price. For the redemption of their souls is costly, and it shall cease forever that he should continue to live eternally and not see the pit. For he sees wise men die, likewise the fool and the senseless person perish and leave their wealth to others. All the stuff we've got anyway, if we can't take it with us. The inner thought is that their houses will last forever. Their dwelling places will last to all generations. They call, this is a good one, they call lands after their own names. Nevertheless, man, though in honor does not remain, he is like the beasts that perish. This is the way of those who are foolish. Selah. Amen. Selah, which means have a think about that. Pause and think about that. Amen. So this message this morning was about really that deeper meaning in the blood, what it means, what, that it's a sign and that we can fully depend on God. Sometimes the branch gets broken and we get disconnected from the vine. But you can be grafted back in to the vine. And you can bear fruit, because once you're grafted back into the vine, you get that life that comes through the vine. And you can bear fruit. Amen? We can all bear fruit again. Amen? And so we've got this lifetime, just, and, and, and we all think we've got a long time, you know, it didn't seem too long ago that I was riding my BMX in the bushveld, you know? And here I am, 53. 
Amazing. Amazing that I actually even got here. But, and we all, some of us here are saying the same thing. My God, you've preserved me. You know? But we've only got a certain amount of time here to show God that we love him. We've only got a certain amount of time here to say, to say that faith without works is dead. Do you want to have dead faith? Well, then don't do any work. We, faith has to be backed up with action. Amen? And so we've got a chance here to realize the magnitude of God's love for us. One day when we get to heaven, we might just be an ordinary citizen of heaven and we'll say, God, I never really knew just how much you really loved me. If I'd only, if I'd only known the, 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 the depth of your love for me, I would have done more for you. It's, once you. Once you're beyond the grave, it is too late for any of that. Amen? And that's, we're not ending on a morbid thing, but it's, we've got this time here. Let's rejoice for our young people. Yeah, come on. And be their cheerleaders. Cheer them on. Cheer one another on. Amen? Once we get to heaven by God's grace, we don't need faith anymore. We don't need trust anymore. We don't need anything else anymore. You'll all be in glorified bodies. You'll look absolutely amazing. You'll look awesome. You'll recognize one another. You'll recognize the saints in heaven. It will be amazing. We think about the troubles of this life and just life is a vapor. And in a short time, we will be with the Lord. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.